This is the Think LA podcast from Los Angeles, the center of advertising, marketing, and media. Thank you for joining us. This is part one of our Industry Accelerator series on diversifying the talent search. There is a new awakening in our industry for some, and this movement is ours to carry. How do we recognize, recruit, support, and promote people of color and other underrepresented people so that our agencies and companies better reflect American society? We're going to talk with leaders from key groups in Los Angeles about how to assess where your agency stands, practical steps to take and how you can take your allyship to a new level and do the right thing for your agency, your clients, their brands, and our community. In this first session of the two-part series, we'll discuss how diverse talent, those new to the industry, and veterans can accelerate their careers. Our panels discussing topics on how to position skills and talents in this landscape, finding support in allies and mentors, and how to introduce more diversity into a company's culture. We're grateful to have speakers Shari Holly, Director of Operations for Pipelines, Riona Johnson, VP, Director of Marketing and Business at RPA, Karen Erasmus, Learning and Organizational Development for Talent Development at DEI, and Monica Fleetwood, DEI Manager at TBWA Media Arts Lab. We're fortunate to have it hosted by Operations Manager for Think LA, Andrea Green. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our Industry Accelerator webinar series on diversifying the talent search. I'm Andrea Green, Operations Manager with ThinkLA and a member of our Diversity, Inclusion, and Gender Committee, also known as DIG. We're so happy that you could join us today. I have just a few announcements before we begin our discussion. Please check out our website at thinkla.org to register for upcoming webinars, events, and great membership information. Our Think LA podcast is now up and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. Be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter for lots of great articles and resources. Today, in this first part of a two-part series, you're going to learn about interviewing skills, cover letters, and resume tips from our amazing panel of experts from the marketing industry. They'll be discussing how diverse talent, those new to the industry, and veterans can accelerate their careers. In part two, which will be on September 1st, We'll be focusing on how companies can diversify the hiring process from recruiting to promotion while creating and maintaining a culture of inclusion for employees. It's going to be a great conversation, so please head over to our website to register. We'll be hosting another Connections and Cocktails virtual networking mixer on September 3rd with host Autumn White, EVP of Digital at Horizon Media. It's a great way to meet new people in the industry or reconnect with your industry friends that you haven't seen in a while. And don't forget about our wonderful professional development classes. Our next one will be on September 16th on how to negotiate anything. It's a great way to sharpen or refresh your negotiation skills. So I hope that you can join us for that. Joining us today for our talk are Shari Holly, Director of Operations at Pipelines Mobile, Karen Erasmus, Head of Learning and Talent Development at Mediacom, 
Monica Fleetwood, DEI Manager at TBWA Media Arts Lab, and Rihanna Johnson, VP, Director of Marketing and Business Development at RPA. Now, as you listen to our thoughtful and insightful speakers, please submit your questions at any time during this session via the Q&A button at the bottom of your Zoom screen. We'll address as many of them as we can towards the end of the session. Now, let's turn this discussion over to our awesome moderator, Shari Holly. Welcome, Shari. Hello. Thank you so much, Andrea. And thank you so much to our panelists and Think LA for doing this discussion and hosting this opportunity. Um, so before we dive into the fun stuff, I want you, our audience, to learn just a little bit more about our panelists and about myself so you know who you're listening to today. So I'll start. Um, as Andrea mentioned, my name is Shari Holly. I'm the Director of Operations for Pipelines, which is a newly launched app which connects underrepresented talent ages 15 and up to job and training opportunities across tech, entertainment, and creative industries. And I'll throw that email into the chat a little later so you guys can connect and download the app and start browsing opportunities. So we'll just go around and just, I just want the panelists to kind of share their stories. Now that you've heard what companies they work for and kind of a little bit about their roles, I really think it's important to talk a little bit about, about how you ended up in your role, why you're here, what you love about your job. Um, so why don't we start with Rihanna and then we can, we can just go around from there. Thank you, Shari, uh, for, for, for doing this and for, in, for introducing all of this and thank, LA, thank, thank LA for this. Uh, well, as, as uh, Andrea said earlier, I am the VP Director of uh, Marketing and New Business at RPA. And it's interesting because I didn't start off my career in advertising. Um, when I was a little girl, I wanted to work in, I wanted to, I wanted to be an artist um, and I wanted to go to art school. And um, um, I went to, uh, to, to the college counselor and, and said, I just want to major in art. And she asked me, she said, so um, well, are you here for personal enrichment? And I was like, no. Are you here to get a job? I said, yes. She said, okay, are you paying for this yourself? I said, yes. She said, uh, so you should get a degree in, in, in marketing and you could play with colors and designs for companies, but you'll always have a job. So I did not major in art. I majored in marketing and started off as an executive assistant in uh, at Capitol Records. And I learned how to work with the C-suite. Um, I supported C-suite executives um, at the beginning of my career. Left there, went to Fox Television, um, did the same thing there. And then finally I said, I should probably use my marketing degree and, and, and went into corporate marketing and worked in corporate marketing for six years where I got to learn how to do uh, branding for a B2B executive recruitment agency. Um, I then moved to New York lived in New York for about five years and ended up at an advertising agency. And the only reason why I ended up at an advertising agency was because I wanted to work in a much more creative space, but I wanted to utilize my corporate background. And the closest thing that was at an agency level was to work in new business and marketing, which is the department that actually sort of is, the, the agency is our brand and is our client. And so we're constantly trying to figure out ways to attract new business to the agency. So that was very similar to what I had worked at before with the executive recruitment agency. And so I just kind of climb, been climbing my way up um, throughout the, um, the advertising world. And um, um, 
as a side project, I actually am the co-founder of a group called Three's a Crowd. Tell me if I'm talking too much. We can move on to somebody else. You know, I don't need to do all of this right now. But anyway, I started a group called Three's a Crowd. Nuts and bolts of it is, it's a safe space for Black creative. It's about 150 of us. And the whole purpose of that was for us to um, pretty much unapologetically own our Blackness at work. And so that group has been around for about two years. We've launched our first initiative this year called In for 13. And for 13 is pushing the advertising agents, advertising world to get more black leadership at 13% by 2023. I'll move on. I said a lot right now, but that's kind of my story. That's it. <laughs> Monica, you can go. Awesome. <laughs> what a great story. Um, so just a brief history about me. Most people call me a collector. I'm a collector of experience. Um, fell into advertising, which I think a lot of people do. Um, but I started in mental health field, thought I wanted to be a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. So I spent a lot of years working with people diagnosed with a mental illness, which honestly, best experience of my whole entire life. It folds into any and everything that you do when it comes to working with people. Um, decided that that was a lot of work, a lot of effort, um, very little disconnection. And so I pivoted to doing art and writing and went to acting. And then so I decided to go to Portland where there's a beautiful theater community or was for COVID um, community. And from there, I was side hustling, working at Buffalo Wild Wings. And I had a great teacher who was like, are you tired of you know shipping wings and shaking them up? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, come work at this advertising agency. And didn't know anything about advertising, whatever. End up landing at Wyden and Kennedy. Um, and from there, started at the front desk Within like a year, I was working for like the ECDs of Nike and then moving up to working in recruiting. And I had wonderful privilege and access to working with the managing director and HR director. And so um, I was a recruiter and blessings for being a collective experience. I always have loved non-traditional talent. I think that the most creative people often aren't always the ones that go to advertising school because you have to have access and resources and money, money, money to do those things. Um, so did all that, decided I still wanted to pursue longevity, like acting or writing. I didn't know yet. I've kind of floated through it and I wanted to head to LA and Media Arts Lab hit me up and had a wonderful relationship. They were very honest about some of the challenges they were facing when it came to the DEI, especially recruiting. Um, so I jumped over to LA and have been here ever since. And then recently have become the newly DEI manager. Karen. Hi. Um, so I'm in New York. So if you hear sirens, guys, just like ignore it. <laughs> I might just go quiet for a second. Um, I'm Karen Erasmus. I am in New York. I'm officially a New Yorker. Uh, it took me a while, but I'm here. Um, my path has been a little bit different, but fun at the same time. I come from a background of biomedical technology and also mechanical engineering. Traveled the globe, ESL. Uh, did that for a couple of years, five years, was a nomad in Europe. And I finally moved back to New York in 2006 and um, did consulting for a while, healthcare, aviation, what have I done, publishing, education. And then I landed in um, advertising and in media and I really enjoyed it. And I left media and every time I just keep on coming back to it. And the reason why, and I think Brianna, you said it, is very creative. But for me, the piece that I really enjoy about it is very dynamic. And, um, and there's so much that we can do from a BIPOC population. And that exposure is so there, it's just ready to be grabbed. 
So hence, I'm still in it for now. Um, I'm hoping that the, the winds of change will really let us make more of an impact. And um, I'm here to help support that and to amplify your voices so you can have that track to just hit the ground running once hopefully you get off this call. And thank you, Think LA, for inviting me to this panel. Thank you so much to our panelists. So let's dive in. So just so you guys know how the, the run of show will go today, this is a talent-focused conversation. So we really want to make sure that you as job seekers, at, at talent at your respective companies or freelance or wherever you are in your career pursuits, that this is a tangible, actionable conversation and that you leave with some good nuggets that you can apply immediately. So that's our goal. Um, if you do have questions, we do have the chat and the Q&A features at the bottom. Um, we ask that you please throw them in the chat and we'll get to them at the end of this discussion. No question is a stupid question. I really mean that. So if you have any questions for any of our panelists or just in general, please don't be shy and please take advantage of the chat feature. So today we're going to cover five uh, different, I guess, topics. Resumes, uh, cover letters, obviously interviewing, follow-up, and then we have some additional important questions that pertain to job search as well, especially in this new normal as we like to um, as we like to call it. Um, so first, let's just kick it off with the resumes, right? Um, resumes, it may seem pretty straightforward, but I think a lot of us can agree that people still struggle with creating a document that they feel good about. And they don't know if they don't work in human resources or recruiting, it's virtually impossible or difficult to know what recruiters or employers are looking for. So let's just start with a general question and feel free to chime in very briefly, but why are resumes important? Like why should you take the time to put some tender love and care into that document. What's so special about a resume? Anyone? I'll jump in then. Um, for me, it, it tells your story. And, and that's really how I really phrase it. And, um, and I think the, the bad part about it is how we have to like customize it or tailor it for each job description. But once you have like your bones and, and it, it has a piece of you in it, it becomes much easier to just kind of like change that. So for me, the important piece about the resume is because if I'm not in the room, I want my resume to, to represent me. Yeah. And, and just to echo that, I, I think it's like, it's like your dating profile. Do I want to date this person? So what about this makes me feel like I want to learn more or I even want to go for coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. So never underestimate the importance of putting your personality into it. Um, this woman told me this a long time ago. I, I had all these big words in mind, long sentences. And she was like, who are you? What, what is this? I, I, don't, I don't see any of your flavor in this. Like put your flavor in this, you know? So I, I think, I think it's, it's the first, first real way to kind of date you to see if I'm even interested or not. Monica, did you have something? Um, I, this is just a practical note. And as a former recruiter is one pagers. That's so important. I don't want anybody to be discounted if you send a three page document and I know it's lovely and you, it's a great timeline, but ultimately you want to highlight the most things that you were super excited about or you were challenged by. I always think of it as like conversation starters. What is it that's like super interesting if I met you as a person that I could read on your resume and it's like, oh my gosh, not only did you work here, but you had that role or you were experiencing this or you pivoted this, um, which is super interesting. Right. So that's just a practical minor note. And, and I'd also add that uh, don't underestimate the tasks that you were given on certain jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I used, when I started off as an executive assistant, I used to minimize a lot of the stuff that I did there, but I was the gatekeeper. 
you know, and I started a bunch of processes and things that no one cared about, but they all took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So never underestimate the fact that you created something, you were aware of something, you built something. It could be a fouling system. It can be the way people, meetings are conducted. It can be how beverages are bought. It could be all types of small things that people can see. No job too big, no job too small. I think just to piggyback off of that, I think women and especially women of color and even more especially black women, yeah. we tend to be very modest. Yeah. When we're talking about our experience, yeah. like bringing, I've seen resumes that said ringing up customers and that's it, you know? And yes, literally that's what you did, but there's so much else that goes into that mm -hmm. customer service and how do you troubleshoot conflict? You know, right. all customers aren't easy. There's so many ways you can beef up, you know, beef up your experience for lack of a better phrase, but we need, we can't be modest about what no. we want, you know, mm -hmm. because we, and whatever the job, you know, yeah. so I, I love that point. So, yeah. so to that point about the content um, of the resume, I think a lot of people struggle with what to put on the resume and how to format it. Like, is there like a, a formula or is this something that, like, I, I guess provide some tips on how they, what they should be putting on the resume and how it should be formatted. The, the tip that I would give is, I would say, take your job and think about over the last, if you were there for two years, and start to think about, bucket it in these ways. Did you discover something? Did you do something? Did you invent something? Did you create something? Did you learn all of these things? And then start to think about, well, I learned how to use the espresso and I learned how to do this and I, and I started this and then I started a new schedule. So then you have maybe two here, one here, one over here. That's at least five different bullet points right there that you can say and you start it with those action words developed a new process for, for, for um, staffing, um, created a schedule that allowed, so it's always like, what did you do and what was the impact of it? Created a schedule that allowed people to get there on time, started a new organization system to create efficiency. So you're going in this way of like, I did this, this happened. I did this and then this happened. I went, I learned about, learned about how to use, properly use the espresso machine to cut down on wear and tear on the machine. I'm making shit up. But you understand what I mean where it's like, I did this and this happened. But make sure those sentences are short. Don't put these long, make them short. It, would you want to read this is the key word. Would you want to read this? So. And of something else is also, it, it depends on where you're at in your career. We need to be very mindful. Um, as a recruiter, like if you're, you're entry level, this is an entry level role. I'm not gonna expect you to have 15 years of experience. There's, there's certain experience depending on what role you're looking for. So always look at the, also the job description, if that is open and help yourself tailor that um, because an entry level to maybe a GSD role, there are just certain nuances in, I'm investing in junior talent. So always remember like, that's an investment. We're gonna train you either way. You could come with the best of experience in college, but there's still an investment to learning the ropes of whether it's a corporate or non-corporate aspects of marketing so it really this it depends on where you're at in your career if you're a veteran you'll you'll start somewhere else depending on if you're shifting to another um lane let's say you you were a strategist and now you want to be an account person where there's aspects that you can take from that so i would just consider where am i at in my career what's the role i'm considering for and if it's a pivot and how do i take the, those skills and i tailor it to that absolutely absolutely um, the one thing that, to Riona's point, I have, keep it simple, as simple as that. 
um, I have a 15 second memory. So when I pick up a resume, I use 15 seconds to grab me. So when I look at that, I want to be like, I like this person. Yep. Even I don't look at the name because I really believe in blind resumes. I even tell them, cover up the name, just send me just the resume without the names. I just want to see. Um, the other point to that is, um, I think, be daring, be brave. You want to stand out, be different from the normal resumes that you see out there. Like I always change my resume every single year, even if I'm not applying for a job, because I want to see what's out there just in case I forget. Yeah. Not out there, like what's floating about. Be like stand out, do something just different. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just trust yourself. Ask yourself yeah. when you pick up your resume, when you are reviewing it, would I hire myself? Right. Yeah. I do that. Like, would I date myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many, how, to you, all of you guys' points, you know, there's a lot of people doing the mass, the mass send because they don't want to take the extra time to tailor it. And that's, in my personal opinion, I really think that's why you might not be getting a callback if you're right. mass sending resumes. And look, we all been there. We all know that job searching is an emotional process. No one likes to do it. It's a pain in the butt. It's, a, it's time consuming. But if you're truly dedicated to finding the career and the job that you want, you will take the extra time and you should be tailoring your resume to each and every job that you apply to. And do you want to do it? I, no, no one wants to do it. But it needs to be done because if you mass send out resumes, it's basically, I mean, each company is looking for something totally different and have different responsibilities. So it's kind of, in a way, foolish to just send the same resume to all these different companies. But right. I see it all the time because people just want to be done with it. And maybe that's why you're not getting the callback. You know, so. Just to add to that, it's like, and then you wonder what, what the intent is for, the, for them. If you're treating it very transactional, they're going to treat you very transactional. If you put some effort into it, then effort, I believe in laws of attraction. I believe that, you know, you, you got to be clear about what your intention is for this. So maybe you only do five a day because you have more intention behind it, you know, or how, whatever your frequency is, um, I think could, could help. So, so what about people who have little to no experience? Let's say they see a job in an agency and they're, they're saying, this job sounds amazing and I know I can kill it, but I don't have the experience you know, necessary for this job or maybe I don't meet or check all the boxes. What's a way that they could be crafting their resume to still make the resume stand out even though they don't have you know, that particular re relative experience? So I think everything you do in life is relevant to something in the job aspect. Um, much like everybody else has said, like, even if you were a barista and you organized something or you did some nonprofit work, everything counts. I, again, I'm always just telling people, go to the job description, if that is available, and figure out what they're asking of you. And that's how you can get very specific and tailor, like, I did this and it, again, led to that. And it, it's more sitting with that. You can do that task versus you don't have the necessary like advertising experience because again if you're if you're new to it and they're picking up your resume and it's entry level it's already an automatic investment so i'm giving that as the employer regardless of anything else unless it requires a certain amount of tenure i would i would i would lean into those soft skills too i would talk a little bit more about like you know how dedicated you are how um you know, you start, you, you're a leader in your family, you, you're, you're, those are the things that get you hired. Because as Monica said, you're going to be trained for the role. No one is expecting you to know how to do something you've never done before. But are you trainable? 
Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Can I see this person? Can I give them something that they'll follow through? So focus on I follow through with stuff. I'm a, I'm a great listener. Um, you know, I'm I, whatever, a quick learn, whatever, give examples of what that means, of course, you know, but lean into those, those soft skills as to like your personality and, and your, your attitude is, is, is much more important at entry level, I think. And just, just to note, what, if you don't know what soft skills are, these are skills, like, I, I know, I think when people think of skills, they automatically think, okay, what language do I know? What software yeah. do I, am I proficient in? But soft skills, like Rihanna said, such a great point. I, I mean, can you explain a little bit for those who don't know what, what soft skills are so they know how to articulate them on their document? So it's, it's, it's things that you, it's things that are a part of your personality or skills that you just do naturally. Mm-hmm. And so, and you don't even realize that you're determined or that, for example, if you're for in high school or getting out of high school and you worked while in school, while in high school, you should be saying how you maintained a certain GPA and you worked at Taco Bell. So that could, so people can actually see the fact that this person is dedicated to what it is that they want to do. So working in high school can show the level of dedication, discipline, organization, the fact that you're able to go to school and have a job. Um, for myself, I was the kid, when I was growing up, we had a house phone. So I was like the message taker. And I liked doing that because I could control everything until everybody, your boyfriend called, this person called, that person called. But I, that's just who I am. So I leaned into that a lot more when I wanted to be an executive assistant. I used to say how I was the, the go-to person and I was organized and, you know, I knew how to take really good messages and, you know, things like that when they can see that your skills the softness of them are things you can't necessarily see. It's a part of your personality, dedication, hardworking, loyal, discipline. And you give examples of what, you know, what it means to be dedicated. Working and going to school means you're dedicated, you know. So. Yeah. Um, don't discount your extracurricular activities at all because in that's embedded all those soft skills. Um, you know, even if it's your captain of the, of the football team, captain of the basketball team, that's a leadership quality right there under leadership or leadership competency that you can use as well. Like any little thing, oh, I'm babysitting or I volunteer. Those are things that are really important. So I kind of like break it up between high school and college. If you're in high school, focus on kind of like your, the academics, your athletic pursuits, like things that are the activities that you like to do. Because when I, when we hire interns, we ask all those questions because we want to make sure like you actually have a life outside your job. Because I want you to come to work happy and not feel like, oh, I have to come to work. So for college students, like any, as I mentioned before, volunteer work, uh, you know, helped in your family business, anything that denotes that you have those qualities, those competencies, what those job description looks like. Before we call those like transferable skills. So when you are in the interview, you can speak from your heart to say, hey, Yes. Oh, I've done that. I don't have the corporate experience. I can tell you exactly how I use that skill in a personal situation. If it's a good interviewer, they will say, well, you can tell me something, share with me about something that is either personal or in a, in a work environment that you've applied this. So you can always draw from that. I would much rather hire somebody that has that personality to be like, I'm creative. I'm going to think outside the box. That somebody that has four degrees and can only think inside a box. 
times are very, very, very different. And the beautiful thing about entertainment and creative industries, not only is it skill-based, but people want to work with people they like at the end of the day. You can have all the degrees in the world, but if you have a nasty attitude and you're not a team player, you're not getting the job. That's just what yeah. it is. So, I, so in, in short, before we move on to interviewing, um, if you don't have a lot of experience or you have little experience and you really want to work you know, for an agency or in entertainment, please take some time, give it some TL, give your documents in TLC and work on your soft skills and your transferable skills. We all, we all have them. Every single person has transferable skills and soft skills and it's a great way to make up for the experience. The experience is not everything. They don't only look at your experience. So thank you for uh, highlighting those two things. So before we wrap the, the resume portion, just go around and everybody give one resume do and one resume don't putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Anybody? From your past experience looking at resumes, like, please don't do this, or this works great. Okay. Do, 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 spell check. Yes. I, I, I personally, listen, we all make mistakes, but again, we're just going to assume that people love correctness and always inform. So do a spell check, double check that for sure. And that's a very practical do. And then don't, oh my God, what is it? don't so many don'ts yeah i'm, I'm like, I'm like what is a don't um i i, I don't somebody take it over i don't even have one of those yeah, I got you, I got you. Somebody take me don't have these long sentences yes there we go bullet points bullet points bullet points and start the sentence with an action word if you're still in the job it's ing if you left the job it's ed so be very clear about that. Start with an action word, short bullet points, and don't try to sound all fancy with a bunch yeah. of words because then you sound crazy. Mm -hmm. just, just make it very clear, make it plain. Um, I would say a do. I would add a little flavor at the end. I, I still have on my resume, I have a little bit about me and it starts conversation. I have Rihanna on style, Rihanna on music, Rihanna on art. And so I have a little uh -huh. section where it's like, when they say style, I say uh, Jackie O with a Mary J twist. And it starts up a conversation <laughs> of like, what does that mean? Well, I like A-line skirts, but I like hip hop. You know, <laughs> so then it starts like a conversation. And then on music, I have like Tribe Car Quest with John Coltrane. It's like, oh, let's talk. About so it just shows a little, add a little flavor. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant about bring, your, bring yourself to the resume. Yeah. Uh, the do is let me see the person and not the role. Yeah. Right. Um, and I have the same thing. I've got like an interest thing and I have all the things that I really enjoy with the like description. For example, um, I have uh, travel because I like people yeah. like, like that's my thing. Like I have like little cute things. That's definitely a do. And the don't for me is copy pasting the exact job description nope. into your go. thing. Amazing. Nope. Oh, <laughs> Please don't do that. Rather to rather find those action words because the ATS system, the applicant tracking system will kind of like grab those words based on the job description. So what you can do is like, look at the word, see how you can rephrase that part of your uh, um, description, but still use that big confidence of what yeah. they call like action yeah. verb, action words. That way you, your, your application will still be grabbed. Those yeah. are kind of like the, and don't embellish, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. 
because I will tell like you're trying way too hard. I don't overthink it. So, so in as a segue, I'm pretty sure you know cover letters. Some people say it's a thing of the past. No one looks at them, and it's very company specific. I've had recruiters say I don't look at cover letters, and I had other ones say that they do. So, what, in your opinion, your professional opinion, is a cover letter necessary? Is it important? Should we be doing one, or in what instances should people pair a cover letter with their resume? Um, I'm just gonna just be 100. This is some of the most like what you said. It is very. Um, it's a preference. I think, a, I, and I, I don't know if this helps, but every recruiter is different. Every hiring manager is different. So what they like is different. You can always go the extra mile, but I, I just want to just lead off and say that is a very preferential thing to do. I honestly don't look at cover letters. I am like, I'm going to get all I need to get from the resume. And if you pique my curiosity, the first thing I want to do is jump on a call with you. That's actually the first step I'm going to do anyways. So I, I don't know if, if that helps any with anything. I just want to say, it won't be on you if you don't do it, but you, if you want to do it, fine. If, if you do do it and nothing comes back, that might just be a preference. Right. I, I, I think the cover letters, it all depends on how you're applying, because if you're applying to a straight up email, you need to write something in the body. That's your first selling point. And that's your cover letter. And the cover letter shouldn't be like, to whom it may concern, I want this job. No, it needs to be very like, You've done a little research, you know it, you know, you match like they do this, I'm really good at this, you know, that sort of thing. To me, that's the only time I think a cover letter is really needed if it's a direct email that you're sending. I wouldn't attach it, I would put it in the body of the, the email. Um, but if it's just like LinkedIn and all these other, you know, places or I don't, I, I've never really looked at one, but. Absolutely, and, and the thing, you guys said all the, the great stuff, like hitting the nail right there. Um, one thing I want to preface to, if you see, it, it tells a lot about an organization on or a company when they want a cover letter, start thinking about that too. Maybe perhaps, okay, maybe this may not be a fit for me. Maybe they're very traditional. If a recruiter asks me for a cover letter, because think about it, the hiring manager gives all the instructions to the recruiter, like, hey, this is what we're looking for, I want a cover letter. That also gives insight into your manager, what kind of person or style, management style they will have. And for me, really like, feel it out and see whether a cover letter is there. If they do ask for one, to Brianna's point, because her and I are on the same page, or keep it concise, do not write a thesis. Mm -hmm. I actually changed my cover letter and I, and I named it Karen's charter, literally a charter. So in my charter, I put my mission and my values and I put these are the skills that I'm bringing to the table. And then I say, this is how I can best work with an organization. And I teach these kind of workshops when I, I volunteer basically full time, but now with COVID, not so much. And it's kind of like, well, this is different. I got, an, you know, it's always stand out, always try to do something different. Because I want to be part of an organization that's different. I don't want to be part of an organization that's like very traditional, very boring. It's not something that was out of the box thinking. So when I know a recruiter calls me up and they look at my cover letter and they're like, wow, I really like your, your charter. Uh, let's talk about that. Because that means, yeah, this is a place that I belong. Mm -hmm. I, I forgot to say something. I just thought of something when you, when you said it. Going back a little bit to the resumes. Don't use that cursive font. <laughs> don't use that. Please, please use a regular font. Don't you? I know it's cute, but do not use that cursive font. And 
make sure your emails are like your name. Don't put, you know, Kitty Ma and, you know, Kitty Girl. Girl, please. I know that that's the main one you use, but it, 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 it just, it rubbed, it, it's just not a good look. Keep, keep it professional. Okay, I'm um, sorry, I just came up. No, 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 all good. <laughs> So before we move on, oh, I'll actually offer just a re really last minute point. Um, another, sharing a different perspective, another situation where a cover letter might be useful is if you are applying to a role that you have no experience, maybe the cover letter will help you explain what you can bring to the table. So let's say you have, an, I'm just saying a junior producer job and you're like, man, I know I would love that job and I have the skill set and I would kill it, but I just don't have the experience. Because if you submit a resume, it's a literally logistical document that just explains. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So in, yeah. That, in that instance, I might consider doing a cover letter just so I can kind of elaborate on my personality and let my personality shine through and kind of explain some of the skills, my transferable skills that yeah. I have that will be an asset to the team. So in that case, I would um, consider a cover letter. Okay, so we have to move along because we only have thir uh, 30 minutes. So I want to get to the interview. Um, but obviously, um, we, we see it all too often. Um, before we even get to the interview, we need to talk about the preparation because some of y'all do not be preparing for these interviews. And we just want to give you like some tangible tips to prepare because preparation is so important. And when you don't prepare for an interview, we know. We know. Okay. So with that being said, let's start with the, the attire. Because I think in you know entertainment and creative industries, you have a lot of people dressing like the employees, but we but they don't have the job yet. So how should they be thinking about attire? How should they be dressing for these interviews when they're interviewing for creative uh, roles like advertising agency, entertainment, etc.? Question. I usually say to them, ask ask the recruiter, hey, what is the culture like? How do people dress? Uh, what did you recommend I wear? Will it? Because I've seen people walk past on our floor and they dressed in suits and I'm like, I know they feel uncomfortable because everybody's there in jeans and t-shirts and, 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 and caps. So I'm like, you probably did not ask the recruiter like what kind of thing, business casual, but kind of like feel, do a bit of research behind, go to Glassdoor, look at the company, pictures that people have posted, see what kind of questions they kind of like have uh, answered based on interviewing and all of that. But you know, but be yourself, bring your, your your essence to the interview if you want to dress up by all means dress up but be yourself don't feel like oh i'm going to be i need to present myself in a certain way to fit in because mm -hmm. i can immediately see when i'm interviewing somebody that they are really uncomfortable to the point that i say to them hey let's go for a walk let's walk and talk i don't sit at the desk so let's go walk and talk let me show you around while i talk while, while we'll have walk and talk interview yeah I would probably say, can you wear it to church or a funeral? <laughs> and and I know churches are a little could be a little liberal, but if you could just take that in for a second, it's where it's like, can I wear this to church or a funeral? Can't wear it to the club. It's not you know boozy brunch. It's can I can I wear this to church or in a, or a funeral? And then I would take one thing off and add my flavor to it. So then it's like, if it's, you know, at church, we normally wear a jacket. I probably take the jacket off and, and button all the way up. Or if I have a, if, if I normally, if I have some sort of linen jackets or jackets that don't look necessarily, you know, with, with the pads and everything, then I could wear that. And then maybe I don't have to button up as much. So I would play with what I have in this way of like, what's the dressiest I would get. 
and then I would tear it down from there, you know. Um, and then add, you know, add flavor to what you've tore down a little bit. But I would go high first and then tear it down because everybody's definition of business casual is different. And when you hear it, you'll say, oh, okay, well, that just means like jeans and like sandals. No. <laughs> when you got the job, yes, you could probably mix it in a little bit. But I would say, can I wear it to church or to a funeral? And then I would tear it down just a, just a little bit and add some flavor to it. So as far as, um, re I mean, we all, I hope we all know that we should be researching the company <laughs> beforehand, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's so vague when you say that, like research the company, like, is like when you're researching the company, what information does the company expect you to know when you come to the interview? Because I think a lot of people, when they research the company, they just glance at the website and they're like, great, I researched the company. So what, is there like a general like rule of thumb, like we expect you to know X, Y, and Z when you come in for the interview? Yeah, well, it well. So my company is a pretty. You, you have to you have to know somebody to kind of get a lot of intel. So I we some great success stories that people have looked and saw who works there and have linked in them and said, hey, do you mind just giving me some intel because not all the information is usually online um, and sitting there. So you may have a company that's a little bit more secretive who's just not outward facing. You do if it is an advertising agency, you've probably seen the work that we do. One thing I tell interviewees is that more than just researching the company, have a perspective about the things that they're doing. So I can engage with you. If, I, if you see an ad, whether you like it or dislike it, or you saw improvements or things that touched you, that is more engaging and that kind of gives me insight to how you think. So it's more like research, but yeah, but then start having a point of view about what you're researching and what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I, I think too, I, I like little chunky things, like where are they at? What do they do? You know, what do they specialize in? Who am I meeting with? I would really scrub through. If I'm meeting with the HR manager, the department head, and, uh, you know, somebody that would be my colleague, I would look at their LinkedIn, their Twitters, and their Instagram to see, like, what are they about? But then I also would do the same thing for the company. Look at how they're positioning themselves. What I mean, when I say positioning, meaning, like, to Monica's point, like, what are they, what are they really good at? What are they known for? Because then if you know what they're known for, you know, rather they're known for a media agency or they're known for creative work or just get a sense of what they're known for. Um, and then I, I would also have a clear understanding of the department that I'm applying for. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm applying, even though I'm entry level, I know that, I know what production does if it's a production job. I know what account management does because it's account management or whatever it may be, but have an understanding as to how it, how it kind of um, work. But yeah. And why you want to work there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, Oh, the money's good. That's not a, that's not a good enough. No. So if you're only applying to the job for the money, it, it, it's going to, it's going to show. In your gonna show. So make sure you take the time to say, why do I really want this role? Like, why do I want to work here? What do I have to attribute? Like, it seems like common sense, but you'll be surprised how many people don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very good point. That's mm -hmm. a, and don't say that on an interview. I'm here because money's good. Please. <laughs> so, so as far as what they should bring to the interview, like, is it a bad thing if they show up empty handed? Like, let's say I come to the interview and I don't have anything in my hands. Is that, I mean, maybe it doesn't, but does that look bad? Is there something that they should be, something tangible they should be bringing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is corny as hell for me, 
but I like those little fake leather portfolios that has a notepad. <laughs> Act like you're writing something down. Like I may say something really good. Like pull out your pen and be like, that was interesting. What was that website again? Oh, okay. I still do that. I don't know if someone's going to drop some gems on me that I want to write down. So I would get that little fake, go to Home Depot, what is it, Office Max or whatever it's called, and get you one of those little pad folios. All my nieces and nephews have them. They have about 10 copies of their resume, has a little sleeve to put cards in, because you're gonna take everybody's card, put the sleeves in, and then you you have something to write down. I, I, I've had interns come into, they're working on projects, and they'll come in and take notes on their phone. No, I, I need paper, I'm sorry. <laughs> See what if you have an iPad? We work for Apple, so if you have an iPad, oh. <laughs> if you're taking notes, like again, if it looks like you're texting, I would take texting. But if you have an iPad and you're taking, a, you're taking, I can clearly see your writing. I, 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 you don't necessarily have pen and paper. I love pen and paper. I write with pen and paper. I don't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't discount you if you have your little. Because most most kids are carrying around like iPads because it's oh, the function at their computer. I know, I know, I know. Um, but I just want to like really just say something really quick that kind of correlates. You can make sure you have the person, the recruiters working just as hard for you. Ask who's interviewing you. That is essential research. So you can go to their LinkedIn, you can stalk it, and you can see, because you'd be surprised if maybe they've overlapped schools, they overlap things that you can make connections with. So never, never feel afraid in this process of prepping to ask questions so you can get the information you need so you can come and show the best you can. That's it. I know that wasn't next. Okay, Monica. They can, they can write on their little phones. Because <laughs> you don't know if you're gonna meet additional people. No, bring no, bring your resume because sometimes <laughs> the high managers don't always read. They don't always check all the emails. So please bring your resume. That is essential for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's move into the the actual interview really quick. Another prep is really fun. Okay. Um, so when you're coming to the interview, I want to just touch on nonverbals. I think when when you have the interview, people focus on the question and what's and which is important. We'll get to in a second. But let's talk about the nonverbals, like your posture, your language. Like, what should they be mindful for when they're interviewing or having that conversation? Well, uh, I think you need you. you there's, I'm old, so <laughs> I, I like you to sit up and you know, like, act engaged with the conversation. Eye contact goes a long way. Uh, when people walk in the room, if they really like you, if you start meeting like people in one interview stand up shake their hand little things like that I think go a long way I, I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate it I think uh, for me is just be yourself in terms of you know um, I know you everybody knows you're going to be nervous I know immediately when I meet somebody so I try to put them at ease hey do you like some water you want some coffee or something and just for me the most important part is the hygiene just make sure when you show up, you look like you didn't roll out of bed. <laughs> um, and I'm not, I don't want you to smell nice. I just don't want you to smell. Because for me, it just shows like, you know, I know I'm, I understand sometimes it can be a medical condition. Um, but I, I've, I've been in a few and it was not a very comfortable. And especially if it's a panel interview and you have six people in that room, it can be a little bit tight. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Kind of like just be yourself. Just fidgeting. Make sure you smile. Like, smile, visually, you know, yeah. Just not a whole bunch of cologne or perfume either. 
well now we're in a virtual world so oh, yeah true <laughs> you know just be mindful of like talking to people like you know just the bottom half all good but make sure the top half is you know oh so <laughs> i want to change my answer then because i'm thinking like shaking hands so we're in a virtual world now virtual world uh yes okay. So, so really, really quick, I'm sorry, we're just running out of time here. I want to get to the questions. Um, there's two more questions I want to ask. Um, so as you're asking the questions, um, I know everyone struggles with the tell me about yourself question. If we could just have one person answer this, but how do you answer that question? Like, tell me about yourself. Eight times out of 10, you're going to get that question. It's super difficult to answer. So could you just provide some insight of uh, how you answer that concisely? <laughs> Monica, you're on mute. <laughs> Start off too, guys. I was ready. Um, All right. <laughs> the number one thing I like, just what are you most proud of, like, or you feel really great about? Like, I always leave with mental health because I learned so much, and I can. There's just worlds and worlds of conversations that I can have around it that again tells people more about me that surprises people simply because, like, oh, I didn't know that. What is that like? It just. It, first of all, if you sound excited about something, I'm more interested in learning about you and asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know, and also to that point, I, we didn't mention this before, but make sure you ask questions. You should never, ever, 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 ever go to an interview and they ask you if you have questions and you say no. That should be a part of your prep routine is, yeah. I say Google questions, but me, I like to think about what's important to me in a job and then formulate my questions around that. The whole point of questions is not just to ask them, but it's just to paint an accurate picture of what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. So if work-life balance is important to you, you need to be asking about that. If Flexibility is important to you. You need to be asking about that. The culture, all of that. So think about what's important to you and then formulate your questions around that. But you should never go into an interview not having questions. That's just, that's yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now in COVID time, I mean, question to ask is how did your company pivot quickly to, to the COVID? How, how was the employee engagement? How was the employee experience? How did you support the employees working from home? How much of your policies have changed? That gives me insight into that. And especially for these, I know some of the uh, organizations or the companies that are really traditional. They, have a, they had a hard time switching over, like really hard time. Yeah. I would even add on it to, to uh, like, how big is the department? How many, you know, how many people would I be working with? And what, 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 are, what is the outside of the job description? What are some of the ideal things you're looking for in this candidate? You know, I'm really excited about it. Is there anything else more you can tell me about the role or? Who do I report to? What's yeah, their exactly. management style? Because, yeah, exactly. you know, it's all about the bosses. Yeah. Make <laughs> break a job. And so that's actually one of my go-to questions. Like, who will I be reporting to? Oh, Rihanna? What's Rihanna's management style? What does she like? What's her personality? Yeah. Like, I, I want to leave with an <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So um, just to wrap um, this all, we obviously want you guys to have tangible takeaways uh, from this conversation. So as far as resources, what are some job sites or job boards or um, resources that you know job seekers could be taking advantage of to search for jobs at agencies or in entertainment? I, I, I don't know if people do LinkedIn, but I think they need to have a very strong LinkedIn profile, put it up, put it out there, start to follow people, see how, People tell a lot about their culture and what they're into by being on LinkedIn. You see what they post, what they're not saying or what they are saying. Start following people and, um, you know, liking things and, and having a little bit of a presence on, on LinkedIn. Not, not to fire it up or anything, but I would say um, definitely start there. And then that can open up, 
a gate for resources that you probably aren't aware of that people are doing and using. So in short, they should have a LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not just for old people. No. <laughs> people are like, no, my link, or if you have a LinkedIn, update it. Spend some time with your LinkedIn, update it, put a nice picture up there, put your best foot forward. So I've made so many connections from LinkedIn and I think um, a lot of people just really don't understand the power of LinkedIn. So get, get a LinkedIn if you don't already have one. And I just put pipelines in the chat. That's another great resource to search for jobs if they're underrepresented oh. we just launched. So if you have any other resources, our panelists are going to put them in the chat too so you guys can save that. I think for, for me, for, um, I'll copy paste mine as well. For me, think about our, our ad age, ad tech. Just go there, there are lots of jobs posted um, uh, that they have. For uh, the big one that we are using is called The Muse as well. It's all mainly advertising, media, marketing, a whole bunch of different ones. Yeah, and LinkedIn as well, I have a lot of job posts on there. You can even filter and have job alerts sent specifically for what you are looking for from a company, from an industry, or from a job title, if, if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. And, and just to add to that is, because that's a very good point, Karen, is about setting up your, you have a profile, yeah. you can set up the types of jobs you're looking for, the areas you're looking for them. And recruiters are on there all the time looking for people. So if you have a strong profile and you're following certain companies that you're interested in, people will hit you up. They'll inbox you and be like, hey, I'm actually looking for someone like yourself. Yeah, and then one last one is called for just average intro junior talent for advertising. It's called We Are Next. It's a job board with nothing but jobs. I would highly suggest that. And they also do forums and stuff to educate along the way. So that's one as well. Monica, can you put that in the chat as well? Mm -hmm. I, I also don't know if you guys know, if you're a Black creative um, participating today, one, one Club, the One Club for Creativity just launched this new one school in New York and it's free. It's a free online advertising school for black creatives and they have some really dope people involved. So, I mean, take advantage of these resources and put in the work to figure out what resources you can plug into on in your career pursuit, okay? So, I'm sorry we don't have more time, so we have to close it now because we want to get to two questions. Andrea, are you going to handle that or? Yes, I am. Um, that was some great info, you guys. And I love all the, the links and everything. Thank you. I think that's going to be really helpful for everybody. So we really, really appreciate that. So thank you very, very much. All right. So we do have one question here. We have a few, actually. Um, the first one here is, what can be done to ensure that there are more people of color in the actual college pipeline for agency jobs? Um, if you want to better reflect the American society, um, do we know what percentage of people with college degrees are going further in marketing or similar degrees? Um, what number are we looking at here? I don't know if I have an actual number. What was the 13% number we talked about earlier? What is that number? Oh, that is the percentage of black, of the black U.S. population. So the, the initiative that we're launching is saying that what, Black senior leaders are not being reflected in the advertising industry. It's probably less than 1% or two, I'm sure probably less than 2% of black leadership. So since we know that that's a systemic problem, let's at least let's demand for the advertising industry to get to 13%, which is reflective of the black US population. And so we're giving them three years to get to 13% and we're helping sort of 
get tools and things to, to reorganize their leadership team. Great. Thank you very much. Rihanna, I have another question for you, specifically for you. Um, what was your experience like working on the agency side and what are some of the pros and cons compared to corporate? Ooh, <laughs> I used to straighten my hair when I worked in corporate and I wore nylons and a jacket every day. So <laughs> I was buttoned up. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll say that um, that experience helped me in the advertising space, the experience of being buttoned up and the experience of, of so when you're working on, a, on, on in corporate, you're working on one brand in, in the sense of, of marketing that brand out. When you're working at an agency, you have ex you're still working on one brand, which is the agency brand, but you're helping, you understand the different brands that they actually work for mm -hmm. in order to help craft their story. So um, that sort of skill set is, is, it's different because you're, 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 you're figuring out what, what is RPA's brand, but then what are all their clients that make them RPA's brand? When you're just working at this particular place, it's just that brand. So you don't have kind of access to all of the, the other client, client stuff. So I don't know if that really answers the question about the difference between the two. But culture-wise, um, the advertising industry is a lot more laid back. It's, um, it's, a little, it's a little younger in terms of like colleagues and, and folks. Um, you know, I, I was the youngest one there before, so. <laughs> now I'm an old goat, but. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a little different, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So I do have another one. Um, just as much as the individual is being interviewed by an employer, it's equally an interview for the talent of the potential employer. Um, what advice do you have for talent who may not be feeling the company or the interviews? Um, if they're just starting out, do they take the opportunity if it's offered to them? Or are there things individuals can think about to determine what they are willing to compromise? That's a so good I always tell people, you have to have a moral compass. You have to decide what your values are first. Yeah. Before you do anything, especially if you're junior talent, don't just fall for anything because again, culture matters. How you get treated matters. You're already dealing with imposter syndrome coming into the workforce. The last thing you want to do is that to be reinforced. So before you do anything, get know what you know what you stand for and know what is you're willing to kind of you know compromise on. And then if there's hard no compromises, well you have to stick by that because the last thing you want to do is be put in an environment where it's detrimental to you. Um, not saying that the company itself, but not everybody fits in every place. So I would really start to define what it is that you want and what you stand for. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. So um, there, I do have another, I guess it's a two-parter question. Um, what if people don't think that there are jobs for them in this industry because maybe their major is something that doesn't necessarily say marketing. Um, what's like the gamut of careers in this and does that matter? Yes, there's many careers and we actually just spoke about this on Monday. <laughs> so um, I look at my background um, and it's, there's so many different levels in media and in advertising and in marketing. We have media operations. We have the creative side of it. We have media planning. And most of the folks coming into them, they don't come from STEM schools like science, technology, engineering, and media and marketing schools. They come from, hey, I don't have education or 
um, our neighbor high school diploma. And that's okay because we can easily give you data entry jobs or something to set you up for, hey, maybe you'll do this for a year and then we'll train you up and develop you and you can go into maybe media planning or you can go into strategy. There's so many, uh, such a broad gamut of, of levels that don't think you need to have a marketing degree. Yes, it's a nice to have. It also depends on the agency. Some agents it's a need to have, but I can guarantee you most agencies will be like, no, because all the people that I work for, none of them have media, <laughs> media marketing degrees or education. I want to piggyback off of that because I'm just such an advocate for just going for it. The worst they can do is they don't call you back. Yeah. It's, all good. it's all good. That's the worst that can happen. I think people. Right, right. That's it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, me, when I got into DNI, I don't. I didn't had no experience. They hired me off of my personality because I was like, look, I don't have any experience, but I work hard. I have a great personality. I get along with everybody. I'm eager. Like, hire me, basically. And they just they couldn't deny my personality. So, <laughs> saying that to say, like, don't discredit or be modest about what you bring to the table, personality wise, because I'm telling you. I can speak from experience, everybody can agree. People wanna work with people they like. If you're a team player, if you are eager to learn, they, they will compromise on the experience. You can always be trained. So if you see an opportunity that you love and you may not have the degree or the expertise, still go for it. Go for it, get that cover letter, explain why you belong there. And the worst that can happen is you don't get a call back and it's all good. You're still alive, it didn't kill you. <laughs> didn't die. That's really Did you die though? <laughs> That's really, really good. Thank you for all that advice. You know, you guys um, and all the things that you do, is there something that you would say is in your job, like one of the best things you do on a daily, you know, in the job that you do that you think, okay, I really am in the right spot, the right place. I'm doing what I love. What do I do on the daily? Maybe each one of you can take a, a, a moment and say what you do and say why it's important and why you really like it. I'm making representation matter. I wore the for a reason that's my job i'm helping people who look like me get access to this industry because um otherwise we don't have more people being mentors or sharing the wealth or sharing the knowledge then we're never gonna move forward so if you're as, as women and people of color i feel like it's our job to be helping other women and people of color and under, underrepresented groups get into this industry we have to be extending our hands so that's what i love about my job is that i'm making an impact to something that that matters to me I agree with Sherry, whatever Sherry just said there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say that I, I, I'm doing this because I want to be a representation for girls that look like me, who talk like me, who act like me, who are me. I am you. You are me. There is space, and I will make space. I will, I will push it through as much as I can <laughs> to get so you could see me to know that you could be better and bigger than the crumbs that I'm gonna try to lay down for you. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you guys. This has been wonderful. Such great advice and tidbits and resources and just really good stories. Thank you guys for all being here. Um, just want to let everybody know that as mentioned earlier, this is part one of a two-part series. Um, part two is going to be on September 1st, um, focusing on how our companies can diversify the hiring process um, while still maintaining that culture of inclusion for our employees. So, you know, that's super important. So to register for this and um, any upcoming webinars 
and other events, as well as learn more about what Think LA's mission is to serve the community, check out our website at thinkla.org and also our diversity, inclusion, and gender page, also known as DIG. I'm on that committee, so check it out for some more great resources. Um, we're going to be sending out a survey later today. Um, we really do rely on your feedback, so please, please, please respond. And um, we're also going to send out a recap. You got some of those links in the chat, but we're going to send them out also with any resource and in an organization that we may have mentioned today. Again, thank you so much, Shari and Karen and Monica and Rihanna. You guys are awesome. And to our Think LA staff, we really appreciate you for making all of this happen. Um, and of course, all of you out there who are watching and participating, thank you, thank you, because this conversation and these things help us move forward, which is super important, just like Shari's shirt says, you know, and you know, and one big thing about this, is, and I think that was a, an overlapping thing throughout everybody, it's all about the talent, not about the age. Thank you, Shari, for that one. It's all about that. So, you know, use your talents. Go out there and do what you need to do. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. Take care, and everybody be safe. Thank Bye -bye. you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To find out more about our upcoming webinars and events, please go to thinkla.org. You'll also find information on membership and how we continue our mission of serving the Los Angeles advertising, marketing, and media community. Take care. Thank you.